This is Rebecca Lowe, or Rebecca Lua, if you listen to Suboptimal Radio, and you are listening to Men in Blazers on the NBC Sports Network. It's unbelievable! From the Embassy Rose Studios in the crap part of Soho, it's the Men in Blazers podcast, Rog. Oh, David. Yeah. Tough times. Tough times. Tough times for the world. Market way down. It's rebounded a bit today. I was talking about John Stones. Oh, sorry. I was talking about the economic markets. They are connected. Yeah, transfer request handed in yeah. uh, at point of podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't quite know what's going to happen. Well, we kind of do. He might be hijacked by Manchester United. We just don't know if he's dead in to In some me. Pedro retaliation. You, I already asked you if he'd be dead to you if he went to Chelsea. We'll chat about it. In the Everton-Chelsea okay. segment, okay. everything okay. We'll has a place, we'll a place to, okay. for everything. Okay, I don't want to put it in a different place. I want to talk about the American train heroes. Yeah, there was a British one too, but you're right. I want to talk about the American ones. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. <laughs> Anthony Sadler, yeah. Spencer Stone, yeah. Alex Scarlatos, mm-hmm. and Mark Mugarlian. Mm-hmm. A name, yeah. Mugarlian. Great name. Takes a lot for the French yeah. to admire an American, David. Mm-hmm. They either have to be really annoyingly greeting actors yeah Jerry Lee Lewis uh-huh Sharon Stone yeah or truly underrated footballers yeah Alejandro Bedoya yeah <laughs> but to see President Hollande yeah present the Légion d'honneur yeah to the US Air Force Airman First Class Spencer yeah. Stone Sklalatus the National Guardsman yeah Anthony Sadler the yeah. Sacramento State University student yeah come on you hornets uh-huh and British citizen, Chris Norman. He's a hero too, Rod. He is a he hero, is a hero too. too. I mean, her- heroism, David. Yeah. Such courage, that decision mm-hmm. to run into the line of fire. Yeah. Norman. On a train. God. It's now, not like you're imagining you're just getting ready for a train ride, Rod. You're not like prepared, like, you know, about to go into battle where you've sort of mentally prepared for it. You're you mean like on when you're on a the train. plane? When you're on a plane, you are mentally prepared for it. Yeah, well, no, I don't think at any point you're on public transportation. That's amazing. It's the same guys who did it with the, uh, you know, the United flight that crashed over Pennsylvania. I think it's amazing when people step up in those situations. It's an amazing. Norman, yeah. he told the Guardian, he said, this is what I thought. Mm-hmm. I saw the gunman and I thought, it's amazing to read these words. He said, okay, I'm probably going to die anyway, so let's go. What yeah. decision in a split second, David? Yeah. It's wonderful. We all like to think we'd make that decision. Mm-hmm. So few of us truly would. It's too easy to say you would. It's I too wouldn't. easy. I mean, I can, when I get on the plane, David, yeah. I always feel terribly guilty if I'm sat in an aisle mm-hmm. and I'm blocking two more athletic, weightlifty frat types mm-hmm. who I imagine would probably have a go. And if I heard someone loading up a Kalishnikov in the toilet like yeah. they did, I'd probably mistake them for having some terrible digestion problems and give them fatally misplaced pity. Mm-hmm. But if your mates were on the plane, if your family were on the plane or on the train, you would, Rog, you would. I have great faith that it you would. It depends what would is, cower. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not saying you'd, you'd leap to my I, protection. I know I wouldn't, David, absolutely and completely. A lot of people think they would. I definitely know I wouldn't. And I, just, I think it's unbelievable what they collectively have done. And also, Rog, that they did it effectively. Thank God. They did it effectively. It wasn't just that they did it. They acted and they took him down. And the, they heard, I mean, the, the idea that like they knew, they heard in the, uh, I think he was in the restroom and he was loading up 
And they sort of heard that and realized that it was all going down. Just brilliant, brilliant stuff. I mean, what was also amazing, mm-hmm. as so many of our GFOPs have pointed out, yeah. was what they wore in their photographs. Yeah. At M. Von Walter yeah. tweeted us to say, one hero is wearing a Bayern jersey. Yeah. Another is wearing a Barcelona shirt. Mm-hmm. What would Ann Coulter say? Yeah. Hashtag Paris, hashtag train. Yeah. And not to minimize the, the, the human feet of valor, yeah. but in a much smaller way. These heroes' actions and then them posing for photos yeah. in the jerseys, Barca, mm-hmm. Bayern. For me, it was, like, it was a very significant moment in American soccer culture. Yeah. That a bona fide American hero that the nation idolizes were going out their way to cloak themselves in football guard. American citizens of the world rather than exceptionalists. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Seeing them on the front page of the Times yeah. was very poignant. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any of their friends or family listen to our crap, uh-huh. but if they do and can email us, we'd love to send them. I'd love to send them a raven of thanks. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to go and do that. And amazing, that image of François Hollande, the socialist, Rog, uh, giving them the Légion d'honneur. It was a beautiful moment. In other news, Rog. English news. <laughs> yeah. Uh, two things, by the way, two things came out this week, and this is the first one. English children are amongst the world's unhappiest, Rog. Only South Korean youngsters are unhappier, according to a survey <laughs> that finds those in Romania and Colombia are the happiest, Rog. The Good Childhood Report 2015 examined how 53,000 children aged 10 through 12 felt about themselves in a range of countries. When asked if they were unhappy with life as a whole, just one out of every 100 youngsters in Romania said yes, compared to one in 14 in England. Children in England scored the lowest out of all 15 countries for self-confidence. Bullying and too much pressure are crushing English children, Rog. <sighs> it makes all English childhood seem like Smith songs, David. Yeah. I think they're asking the wrong kind of questions. Yeah. They also <laughs> might be spending a lot of time in the North. I'm pretty sure that it's, it's a higher rate of unhappiness in the North than it is in the South, Rog, where bizarrely... the streets are paved with gold. They may have got a bizarrely polluted sample of Spurs fans, young yeah, Spurs very fans. True. I, got to say, I do think they're asking the wrong questions. Though. Uh, yeah. When you meet people mm-hmm. in England now, when I go back and meet like, people I grew up with, mm-hmm. I always hate the people at their first question. They go, are you happy? Are you happy happy in America? You live in America. Are you happy? happy? It's terrible. It's terrible. I I don't hate the question. I just say yes. You do? Yeah. (sighs) So happy. Never been happier. I'm not a bee. I can't lie. (laughs) (laughs) You're like the one in 14. I'm not. I just don't think life is about happiness, though, David. I don't know where we got that idea from that life is about happiness. Mm -hmm. The pursuit of happiness. But that's like sun in Florida. If you're always happy, you don't really appreciate it. Uh You just forget it's there. Yeah. I think life's about purpose, meaning, feeling things. Mm-hmm. That's why I love football. Uh-huh. Helps you feel. Dashed hope. Yeah. Stoic suffering. <laughs> pies. Yeah. Children, embrace the pies. Yeah. Children of England. Forget, they, they all forget their traditions. Eat more pies. Yeah. Once again, John Stones has handed in a transfer <sighs> request. Uh, Roger, the other study that things. came out I'm of Britain this week is the, uh, they, they, were, they surveyed the uh, cities in England where they used most fake tanner. Rog. Yeah. Number proud. one in England, Liverpool I'm very is uh, number one for fake tanning in the UK. Yep. You see Liverpool, they say you go 25 years without a title. Yeah, exactly. It's not yeah, true. You're winning, you're winning in fake tanning. When you run around Liverpool yeah. on a Saturday night, the pubs of Liverpool, yeah. it is as if every single, I'd say 98% of the females yeah. and a large dose of the men as well. Yeah. They love the it's suntan sometimes beds. Sometimes tough to tell them apart. They love the suntan beds. <laughs> yeah. They love them. They love them. They're everyone there, it looks like you've kind of stumbled upon 
an international convention of really tall umpalumpas, giant yeah. umpalumpas. I mean, yeah. everyone is like bright orange. It looks like Brett Bear and Warren Barton have just had <laughs> copulated a whole tribe uh-huh. of um, of bastard offspring. <laughs> I'm Warren Barton's tan is real. I'm very We've seen proud. It up close and personal. I'm very proud. I'm very proud of my city. Yeah. Now, piece of news from us, Davey. Yeah. Men in Blazers. Breaking. We asked you to save the date on yeah. November the 13th and the 14th. And the 14th, two days. And you didn't listen to us. <laughs> exactly. There are a lot of suggest- a lot of uh, speculation out there in in uh, in GFOP world, Rog, as to what exactly we were doing. Perhaps uh, some thought that it would be the uh, inaugural game for the Men in Blazers national team. Well, it kind of is. Yeah, others thought that We were getting just... married. People thought we were yeah, going to get married. We, uh, we, 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 we... We're saving ourselves. Yeah, it's very true. Very true. Uh, others thought that it would be just a really big live show. Mm, kind of right. Kind of. Sort of a live show. So do you want to make the announcement, Rog? Um, yeah, sure. I'd just yeah. say, over the past five years, uh-huh. we've travelled across the United States meeting so many of you, mm-hmm. Americans who've fallen truly madly deeply in love with football. Yeah. And your collective power is awesome. Mm-hmm. And we've long dreamt of bringing you together mm-hmm. to interface directly with each other, yeah. with us, yeah. and with some of the global game's leading minds yeah. so that together we mm-hmm. can celebrate the sport we all love. Yeah. And November the 13th and the 14th of yeah. this year, 2015, uh-huh. we're going to inaugurate BlazerCon. BlazerCon. A Comic-Con for football. Oh, but nerdier. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Comic-Con, but nerdier. Yeah. And, I mean, for the, an entire weekend, we've invited the likes of Richard Scudamore. Yeah. The Premier League's chairman. Yeah, the Roger Goodell of the Premier League. More the Adam Silver, I like <laughs> okay, to think of him. Liverpool chairman, yeah. Ian Eyre. Yeah. Manchester City CEO, Ferran Soriano. Ooh. Southampton chair, Ralph Kruger. Yeah. NBC's Rebecca. Rebecca Lua. Oh, Being Sports. Ray Hudson. ESPN's Bob, Bob Lee. Lee. Um, and there'll be U.S. women's national team players. players. There'll be MLS owners talking about a vision yep. for the league for the and next MLS. 20 years. There'll be a glut of the GFOP regulars, including my favourite novelist, nerd fighter. I like to think of him as a Wimbledon AFC supporter. Oh, John yeah. Green mm-hmm. and the legendary oh, Barry Hearn, who's going to come and do a nighttime session in which he enlightens us on the 10 things you... Learn about life when you own a football club. <laughs> I can't wait. I cannot wait for that session, Rod. So more and more and more and more. We've got Bundesliga representatives. We've got La Liga representatives with men's game, women's yeah. game, coming together to talk about the game in general and its growth in the United States. Yeah. Um, and it's not all going to be talky, talky, talky. There's also going to be entertainment, Rog. There's going to be singing and dancing. There's going to be beer and there are going to be pies. The, the evenings are going to yeah. be given over to a pair of extra special MIB live shows yeah. in which our nearest and dearest yeah. celebrities from the world of entertainment and US sport join yeah. us to talk about their own fandom. Yeah. There will be beers. Yeah, and pies. We have an official pie yeah. of BlazerCon. Um, and above all, we hope there'll be you, GFOPs who now wake up earlier on the weekend than they do on a weekday yeah. to cheer on their Premier League team, yeah. who live and die when the US men and women take the field and obsess about where the next great London Donovan is going to come from, mm-hmm. who believe Neymar, Suarez and Messi are the most talented trio to exist since the BGs. Yeah. And we hope you'll join us for this yeah. remarkable weekend. Proceeds go to um, a remarkable veterans charity, Hope for the Warriors. 
Yeah. So that's it. We hope you'll join us. Evade the traditional numbness of the FIFA international break by coming together with other football fans and GFOPs from across the US and yeah. revel with us, David. Yeah. So how do people get tickets? Rog, all the details are going to be on our website, meninblazers.com. Uh, we have reductions for veterans and on a limited basis for all you student GFOPs. Yeah. So move fast on that. And if you've been gripped by the fever. Yeah. And also currently active military, I yep. would say. Yeah. We very much hope you'll join us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to seeing everybody in New York. We should thank EA Sports, uh, who've stepped up to be the presenting sponsor, and our great friends at Mini. Uh, and also Adidas. For making it all possible. Yeah, for making it all possible. And, of course, Dub Pies. Yeah, Dub Pies. The, the official, official pie, pie makers of BlazerCon. Yeah. They're going to be savoury, and there might also be some sweet, Rog. Um, so, BlazerCon, November 13th, 14th. Exciting stuff, Rog. God, we've got a lot of work to do before that. And we got a packed show today. We're going to break down Chelsea's hard-fought first win of the season at West Brom. God, it was hard. We reflect on Manchester City's perfect start and another remarkable tunnel Wasn't that performance perfect? from Herr Josef Hart. We discuss the LA, sorry, an LA Galaxy's dominance over an NYCFC in an MLS red carpet affair. Plus, a FIFA official says soccer in America is, quote, an ethnic sport for girls in schools. <laughs> Wonderful, right? You got it. You got it, FIFA. What did, uh, you, what did your dad used to call pasta? ethnic nosh <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't that was at least somewhat accurate this guy is also wait, wait, we'll get into the FIFA guys we'll guy talk about it later pasta with football <laughs> yeah, it's it's like too before too we much. go to the football yes. I have yes, to Rob. say this is a weird season uh-huh. the season of reduced home advantage yeah there's been six home wins so far in amazing the League, isn't it in 30 games mm-hmm. and the six different teams who've actually won once yeah. all of them have one win yeah that's the top six yeah Top six, the only teams that have won at home. I think some of this might be tied, Rog, to the to the designs that the groundskeepers are uh, ploughing and mowing into the fields. It's making these fields very, very difficult to play on for the home team. Doesn't make it feel like home. And too much boxwood hedging. Okay, to the football, Rog. Let's crack open the Guinness. Oh, well poured, Rog. Well poured. Cheers to you. To Justin Wilson. Yes. Rest in peace. Absolutely. Absolutely. The gentle giant. Absolutely tragic, Rog. Okay, we are now 3.38 of the way through the Premier League season. That does not reduce. And like young children, we still haven't figured out which traits it will retain as it matures. Will its ginger hair turn blonde? Will it ever stop writing on the wall with crayon, Rog? (laughs) Will Jose Mourinho and John Terry ever make up? Will they ever speak to each other again, Rog? I know the answer to all three of those questions. Go on. I know, parents. To the football, Rog. West Bromwich Albion 2. Chelsea 3. Ten-man Chelsea hold on at the Hawthorns to get their first win of the season. Mourinho's men were up 3-1 at <sighs> halftime thanks to goals from the Spanish trinity of Pedro, Diego Costa and Dave as Piliqueta, as well as a missed penalty from the baggies James Morrison. But in the 54th minute, Roger's mate, John Terry, was sent off for bringing down Rondon, the big Venezuelan, just outside the box. Despite a brilliant-headed goal from the aforementioned Morrison, Chelsea earn a win that leaves them with four points after three games. Kind of level with Arsenal. Oh, David. Yeah. I mean, here's what's puzzling, David, uh-huh. about Chelsea yeah. this season. I know you've got a memory of a... Goldfish. But Jose Mourinho, mm-hmm. in July, 
Huge spiel. Other teams will buy the title. Yeah. Chelsea don't do that. No, they belatedly, they belatedly jump into the market to try and, after a terribly wobbly, mm-hmm. staggeringly impotent start, mm-hmm. bring in Pedro. Yeah. Bring in Abdul Rahman Baba. Yeah. And wildly chase Paul Pogba. Yeah. The fleshy wallet empowered chase mm-hmm. of the Juventus star Davo. Money is being splashed. Yeah. The tiny Spanish cavalry is here. Yeah. Discuss. Well, the very expensive PR firm who I'm sure Chelsea have hired would argue to that, that when he was making those comments, he was saying that we're only going to replace the players we use. Uh, Baba Rahman has come in to go and replace Felipe Luis, who's uh, returned uh, to Spain. And uh, Pedro has come in to replace Juan Cadrado. He's going uh, back on loan in Italy. So they've only replaced players. They haven't brought in anybody new rather than people they've replaced. But you're right. It's been a change in plan, and it's been a change in plan that has been forced by events on the ground, Rog. And also, I think in the case of Pedro, this was a player who was ready to go to Manchester United. And it was not only just buying the title a little bit, it was preventing another team from buying a player that they were trying to buy. Yep, Pedro, soon to be better known to us all as Petey Boy. Yep. No doubt, five Pete. league titles, three yep. Copa del Reyes, three yep. Champions Leagues, three Super Cups, yep. and the World Cup, and the European Championship too. Yep. Tired of life on the bench at Barcelona, lured by personal phone calls from Mourinho, and Cesc Fabregas as well as the attraction of London. And Mrs. Fabregas over as Manchester. well had a major role in that. Oh, they were all in it. Yeah. I've got to say, seeing him in the Chelsea shirt, Dave, I've said on the show, it's like seeing Katie in Mean Girls when she becomes a plastic. <laughs> what a noble bloke now wearing the black of Chelsea. <laughs> but ahead of that game, <laughs> what's funny? You just make me laugh. What's funny? You just make me laugh. Well, the black Carry of, on. The black of Chelsea? Yeah. Let's talk about the news from the rotting, rapidly deteriorating English central defender, Vault. Yeah. John Terry in. Your mate. Rumours of my mate's demise were greatly exaggerated. Yeah. Or were they? Gary Cahill out. Zuma in. Jose on rambunctious form in his pre-match interview. He told the interviewer that rather than reveal his starting 11 going forward, maybe he should just announce who he has left out of the team (laughs) as the English press seem far more interested in that. Yeah. And for West Brom, no side Berahino. My head has been turned. That's the new phase of the transfer negotiation that we have in 2015. Mm-hmm. And in came Solomon Rondon. Yeah. Tony Poulis said afterwards, he's a handful. He is a he's handful. He's a handful. He is a handful. Great focal point for West Brom's play. So how are you feeling going into this, David? Let's relive this kind of emotional roller game. It was. It was less a game of football. It was more unprecedented. Chelsea Football Club emotional roller coaster. Going into this game, I was putting myself back into that, uh, my frame of mind on Sunday morning. I was very excited to see Pedro play. And I desperately wanted three points. Those would have been the two things. Those were the, those were the overriding sensations. Uh, my mood for the next 90 minutes as I watched Chelsea, the brinksmanship with which they ended up with those three points, was not... Much lifted my mood, even by the three points that we eventually uh, got. It still left me deeply worried, Rog. I mean, let's talk about chances for both teams early. Rondon, Diego Costa conspired to fluff both. Mm-hmm. And then the penalty given away by Matic. I know you've got a lot to say about Matic, Dave. I mean, he's a man to me. He looks as if he's watched the documentary on Doc Ellis taking acid before pitching and then throwing a no-hitter. Yeah. And thinking, yes, I will make LSD part of my pre-game regimen. 
My biggest worry watching this team is actually about the midfield. It's the form of Fabregas. It's the form of Matic and Willian and Ramirez. Uh, Rog, who didn't play in this game, but, uh, but has played previously. Um, they seem to be where the problems are. The engine room in the holding and uh, not giving the protection in front of the defence. And I would say that the penalty that Matic gave, we've seen some things happen early this season. You know, Chelsea defenders being beaten to headers from set pieces, not something you're used to seeing. Matic skinned for pace and then making a very, very bad challenge in the area. Clear penalty. You just don't see it. You just didn't see it last season. I mean, you did with him after Christmas, there was a decline. But in this game, it was a succession of mistakes. He was off the pace, easily knocked over. He, He and Diego... Costa knocked each other over. I've often wondered who would fall over if those two collided. It was actually Matic crumpled. Yeah. It's the only time I've seen Diego Costa get up quickly, actually. Yeah. Sloppy distribution. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a massive turning point for Chelsea's season. Mm-hmm. The foul in the penalty area. And then the bizarre interchange, David, that may have saved the season. Brunt, the, uh, the designated penalty taker being pushed off by Morrison. Yeah. And up he went, nah, I can miss this on my own, mate. Yeah, well, I mean, you see this kind of stuff a lot. And obviously it becomes a story when the penalty is then missed. Courtois did well. It was a very good leg save. But Justice the penalty, for struggling little Chelsea. But the penalty was put straight down the middle. And then, you know, not long later, Chelsea go down uh, the other end and they score one themselves a, a goal for the new boy and suddenly they looked a lot better it took him 20 minutes Pedro to adjust to the fact that he's no longer on a team that passes and moves around the opposition that he's on Chelsea they, where they try and batter the opposition and part the bus no that's actually not fair that goal was very good it was, was beautiful. a wonderful intricate move between finish. Eden Hazard and Pedro it was a fantastic and actually offensively Chelsea's goals in this game every single one of them had its own beauty uh, that's not where the issues are. It's all the issues in defence and in midfield. Are right? you watching Manchester bellowed the Chelsea faithful? And then the second, it was mm-hmm. like Chelsea of old. Mm-hmm. As Pilaqueta spraying the ball, mm-hmm. incredible movement, incredible use of space. Diego Costa finishing from a Pedro. You thought it was a chasse. Uh, it was a bit of a chasse from Pedro, but you get away with that when you're... Uh when your centre forward is looking that, but it really started with that move. Dave, temporarily at right back after the uh, after the set piece, uh, put a fantastic ball through to William. William, probably the only thing he did right in that game was finding Pedro with the pass. Uh, Pedro with the chass, and uh, Costa gets a goal. Two nil. Yep. You think job done? Game what over. could go wrong now? We've what seen could that go so wrong? Many times. And yet Chelsea, then after a passage of play, I would say in all of my years following Chelsea. Uh, including the 1970s. This was the worst, I mean, it wasn't all on television, but this was the worst 60 seconds of play leading up to this goal. Almost every single player on the team made a mistake in that passage of play. And uh, Morrison, fantastic finish. Rob. Through Matic's legs. Yeah. And a stark absence of Chelsea players flinging themselves at the ball like FBI agents in yeah. the line of fire. West Brom barely celebrated. It's as, in, it's as if they knew they'd ultimately wilt like mm-hmm. uh, Willian's afro. In the rain. Yeah. But Chelsea came right back. Well, Dave to the rescue. Fantastic uh, little lofted pass from Fabregas. Costa, who I thought had a great game, by the way. This was a very, very strong game from Costa. He was throwing himself about all over the field and ended up uh, knocking it down off the chest for pff, our new Spanish goal-scoring machine, Rog. Dave Azpilicueta, fantastic finish uh, into the uh, left-hand side of the net. Roaring at the camera. I'm not the weakest link <laughs> yeah. after all. 3-1. Yeah. Game over. Mm-hmm. Bring on John Obi Mikel and shut the game out, for God's sake, would you? Yeah. And instead, we often say that certain characters in the Premier League seem to do things as if they're trying to get on the Men in Blazers show. Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. 
Jose Mourinho, yeah, Louis Van Gogh stroking his own hair or yeah. patting on it a cheek. Yeah. John Terry. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Talk about an anus horribilis. Yeah, it was awful. And also talk about the second half horribilis for Chelsea this season. They haven't scored a single goal in the second half this season. Their second half record has been absolutely uh, terrible. 54 minutes in, um, you know, Pedro might look at that back at that tape and think he might have done a slightly better job preventing the ball in. Beautiful ball, though. Searching ball through to uh, Rondon. Zuma hesitates. Courtois hesitates. Uh, probably doesn't want a red card of his own. And uh, John Terry, clearly, from the uh, reversed angle, a, uh, an arm on the shoulder of the player. I'm not surprised he was sent off. And then that long, drawn-out Cersei Lannister-esque walk off the field. Yeah. Shame. Shame. Hasn't been Shame. sent off for a while. I'm amazed that he hasn't been sent off more, Rog. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think he's been sent off for a few years. Punishment has been mostly off the field. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and we said, I mean, there's so much about it. It was just an incredible set piece. Yeah. Unbelievable, almost as if Scorsese was directing the drama. Yeah. He had Sesk charging in. Yeah. And Sesk, we had not seen him accelerate no, the he whole moved, game. No, he moved very fast. The there. fastest he's moved all game. Yeah, to, to disagree with the yellow card, yeah, to the, which the, the referee, referee <laughs> immediately did, changed it to red. That might not have been the smartest protest. <sighs> and we said on the show it was the softest red since Bernie Sanders. Yeah. At Bevo Vaughan tweeted us to say, therefore never send to know for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee, which is a beautiful soundtrack to the John Terry exit. Mm-hmm. At Husky Nation Cope said... And then I heard myself say those words I never thought I would. Poor John Terry. Do you know what? I actually don't feel sympathy for John Terry in this situation. I'll tell you what, because as a well, Chelsea mate, fan, as a Chelsea fan, and look, he has been one of the best defenders. I think he's been a superb player, and I think he will come back. And the man he will, who played every minute he of every game. He will contribute this season. But it's a stupid foul to go and give at that point. It's going to be a red card if you're called for it. I'd rather be 3-2. I'd rather it's a goal. I'd rather it be 3-2 at that point, but be 11 on 11, rather than be down to 10 men and 3-1 in a second. He didn't want to be subbed out. He didn't want to be subbed out. So he said, this week, Jose Mourinho, just you Interesting theory. Interesting theory. I'll take control of me, mate. I'll take control of me. The oddest part of the whole thing, the oddest part of the exit of John Terry, my mate John Terry, yes, I feel guilt. I do feel that I am the albatross and he is the mariner. A consoling pat from Jose Mourinho. You always see that when a player loops off, having been sent off a warrior from the manager. Mm-hmm. And you expected to see it, and instead... Well, you don't always see it, but it's significant when it doesn't come. I think that's the larger point, Rog. Yeah, and we'll be sure not to read too much into that relationship total meltdown. <laughs> what, what is it with that, Dave? Because I've got to say, my heart is already hurting. Yeah. First, Megan Fox and Brian Austin Green break up. Yeah. Now it looks like Jose and John Terry are on yeah. the rocks. We got the Afflecks, Gwen and Gavin. Yeah. Plague Shelter and Miranda Lambert mm-hmm. and Reba McIntyre and whoever she was shacking up with. Yeah. I've got this question for you. Yeah. Do you think Tony Poulis had something to do with this? That Tony Poulis is like the Christine Uzanian to Mourinho's Ben Affleck and John Terry's Jennifer Garner in this whole situation. Wow, that's an interesting theory. That is a very, very interesting theory. I think you've got to give West Brom some credit, but I don't know that there's Poulos in this situation. I think West Brom and I think Rondon particularly had a fantastic game. He's going to do very, very well yeah, in the Premier Rondon, League if Rondon. he plays like that. But you, what you really, they put you, pressure. What, they continually put pressure on the Chelsea really defense. What you're really saying is... Morrison had a good game after the miss. What you're really saying is, who hires a nanny <laughs> like Christine Uzanian yeah. and lets her in the house? Yeah. 
The only person I know who had a young newborn nanny yeah. ever mm-hmm. is my mate AJ Jacobs. Uh-huh. And his wife's approach was, don't worry, AJ, she'd never stoop so low as to have sex with you. Yeah. That was her defense, which is a complex approach to the matter. Who would have it? I don't understand it. Well, I mean, you assume if people have a good marriage, Rog, it doesn't matter who the nanny is. Why should we discriminate against nannies who look one way rather than another way? That seems to be somewhat sexist and wrong. But I, I think I understand your point. Many people make that point all the time. I've never had a nanny, but if I did, I'd just hire gingers. It's my own kind of affirmative action. <laughs> the gingers don't need affirmative action, they do. Roger. They need all the help they can get, Dave. Anyway, off goes JT. Yeah. Three weeks out to stew over where it all went wrong. Mm-hmm. And the next time he's available, the league game at Goodison Park on 12th of September. By the way, Jose Mourinho is so short that they're out to get him. Not sure if they there are the Masons, Opus Day, or Believers. Probably yeah. all three. He's been spending, he told the press, a huge amount of training time on 10 versus 11 scenarios. Well, he spent like about 90 minutes of this season in that scenario. Yeah, because he brings on Falcao. But then John Terry... <laughs> well, that would be nine versus... That would be nine versus 11 then. John Terry, he did leave a captain lead a legend size hole. Mm-hmm. West Brom benefited. Chelsea's defence, suddenly about as secure as Ashley Madison's servers, as up rose the majestic Morrison and seven goals they've conceded in three games now David incredibly un Mourinho Chelsea like McManaman hurt them almost at will they've conceded two plus goals in three consecutive EPL games for the first time since December 2006 mm-hmm. and at the end they kind of hung on Sess jogging token gestures no real thought to defending he was rouletted by Serge Nabry he makes Juan Mata look like a total footballer in comparison right now, and they were grimly hanging on, which I guess is this year's Premier League. Yeah, I actually don't know that, I mean, in fact, Chelsea had as many chances, once again, played very well with 10 men, they had as many chances as West Bromwich Albion in that second half. True. A big miss from Eden Hazard, miss from Costa, Costa had another very close one too, but I mean, in the first half, William had a huge, ridiculous Hell. miss. So, um, I think Chelsea played pretty well. Uh, I think West Brom's goal that they scored, that second goal, was beautiful. One of the goals of the season. The goal you don't very often see scored. It was beautifully taken uh, by James Morrison. Uh, McManaman, yeah, came close. But I think ultimately Chelsea defended. I think Chelsea were good for the three points. And I'm very relieved they ended up uh, getting them. Mourinho seems to have aged 10 years over the course of 90 minutes. Does not look happy, Rod. His team have conceded seven in three. John Stones, as we pod, has Mm -hmm. just asked for a transfer from Everton Football Club. Feel a bit numb. Mm -hmm. Roberto Martinez told us in 2014 at the World Cup that Stones would be England's centre-back sooner rather than later on a regular basis. I'll say Stones has handled himself with class. He has. At a difficult personal professional time, and I wish him well. Mm -hmm. I pray we get $63 million for him. Yeah. And then I only hope Everton use that transfer money wisely mm-hmm. and not on a creator Malbec, HBO Go and some porno makes. <laughs> so, so he's not dead to you, well, Rog. Because um, sometimes when players leave Everton, they're dead to you. He's not dead to me. He's a yeah. mensch. Yeah. John Stones is a mensch. I just hope his career deteriorates <laughs> rapidly. What is the difference between hope his career deteriorates rapidly and what you hope for people who are dead to you? Breathing. <laughs> okay, got it. Uh, by the way, I spent the day with Jose Mourinho before the season, so we talked about how yeah. terrible he looks now. Yeah, he is. He's, uh, he, he, he doesn't... Well, it's not a, actually, when we saw him in person uh, down at DC for the, uh, for the Guinness International Champions Cup... Yep, the uh, Guinness, Roger, Guinness, Guinness Cup. Yeah, he, he actually looked pretty good, I thought, down there. It's less the, the grey hair, which everyone goes grey, look at me, but it's a... Um, 
it's just miserable he looks, Roger. And I know he's dealing with his father, and obviously his father's very, very sick, and he's been dealing with that the whole time. But he just does not look happy, Roger. Well, the interview that I shot with him, which NBC have called Inside the Mind Whoa. of Jose Mourinho, wow, which sounds like me inside. kind of spelunking in a very dark place. Yeah. Um, it's going to run on Sunday mm-hmm. at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on yeah. NBCSN. I've mm-hmm. seen rough cuts today. He is an articulate and charismatic bloke. He said to me, the media don't understand football. They don't understand players and managers are people and can hurt. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he meant the media's words are hurting Jose, but I do think, as you said, right now his father's illness, which when I interviewed him, he had to stop the interview twice to take phone calls from his caregivers. I think it's grinding him down. So watch the documentary on Sunday. Let me know what you think, David. And look, he's a manager who, you know, players who've played for him, you know, I'd say 95% of the players who've played for them, a lot of the players who don't play for him are very attracted to play for Jose Mourinho because he tends to have the back of his players. He tends to protect his players. And I think in, in footballing terms, what he'll be focused on, and certainly, you know, I feel Chelsea are not going to continue to ship goals at the rate of two and a third a game. That's not going to happen. The defence is going to tighten up. They're scoring enough goals. Chelsea actually looked very good going forward. Chelsea, who looked stagnant in the second half of last season, actually there have been moments, and I would dare say, even though we couldn't say it after the Manchester City game, even in that game, there were moments that offensively Chelsea looked very good, looked very good at points against Swansea, and they actually against West Bromwich Albion, it was fluid going forward. The issues for me, as I said earlier, it's what's going on in defensive midfield. Matic and Mikel, when he comes on, have such a valuable role to sit in front. That's why they were the best defence last year. John Terry is only, you know, six months older than he was at the end of last season. But Matic protected them in front and they're not getting that same uh, protection. There isn't that same pressure on the passers uh, that there was last season. And that's what they're going to have to tighten up and do about. But Pedro's debut, that was the most significant thing about this game. And Diego Costa's hamstring, Rog. Okay, Everton. Nil, Manchester City, two, after a scoreless first half in which Tim Howard produced a series of smart saves. City finally broke through in the second half. In the 60th minute, Raheem Sterling found a streaking Alexander Kolarov on the overlap. The Serbian beat Tim Howard to give City the lead, and a pie-laden Samir Nasri added a second in the 88th minute, keeping City perfect through three games, Rog. What a magnificent performance for City. Mm-hmm. Felt like they didn't really have to get out of second gear. Yeah. Everton played well. Really well. Organised. Yeah. Competent. Yes. Focused. Yet victory for Manchester City felt inevitable. Yeah. From the kickoff. This despite Tim Howard in the first half being Belgium World Cup Tim Howard. Yeah. Sharp saves. And the only way he could have done more in that first 45, Tim Howard, mm-hmm. was if he would have donned a wraparound mic and co-commentated with Arlo White while playing. Yeah. You know, you know, um, I'd love him to do that, like Phil Collins lead singing and drumming at the same time for <laughs> that Genesis. That would be great. It would be really good. For City, they just smothered Everton. When mm-hmm. we tried to counter, their gig and pressing was yeah, their gut. Very good. They throttled Everton going forward. They mm-hmm. forayed down the right. They pinpointed the naivety and innocence and dreadful, dreadful decision-making of Galloway and Cooney. Mm-hmm. And that was it. You can credit Everton. We defended with more spine and focus than at any point last year when there was always one defensive mishap guaranteed per game at least. Yeah. A lot of concentration. Everton, there was a moment when Everton's attackers started to feed off that confidence. Yeah. The this, Lukaku free kick. Yeah, this felt like 2013-14 Everton to me. Throughout the game, it reminded me of that, perhaps without Leighton Baines, who they, they, they certainly missed at left-back there. Uh, and that Lukaku chance cleverly fouled on the outside of the area. 
uh, Rog, and Lukaku, what a sweetly struck free kick. Uh, the free kick of a confident player uh, hits the crossbar, Rog. Yeah, but Everton miss what City have in, in spades. So many yeah. ways to hurt you. They had Raheem cutting, David Silva flitting, Kuhn menacing. Um, God, David Silva. Oh. He, cut, he cuts Everton open oh. with ease. I interviewed him once. Wherever he wants. Wherever he wants. Anywhere in the field. Taking it anywhere, passing it anywhere, just moving anywhere. Just wonderful. He told me he knows what he's going to do with the ball before mm-hmm. it ever comes to him. He's yeah. already made that decision. He's always yeah. looking around. He's always analysing space and movement. Um, and it was Raheem Sterling that ultimately was the executioner. Yeah. Dodgy Flapper Jr. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, the sisterhood of the travelling pink boots down the left wing uh, into play uh, with Kolarov. Kolarov gets the ball and he beats Tim Howard near post. Yeah, Kolarov gave Tim the eye um, and he was out leaning like Colton Wong, Tim Howard, Game 4, 2013 World Series. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim did bounce back. He took one in the face yeah. from Jesus Navas. Yeah. Um, by the way, if you've got any criticism of City, they should have killed the game off earlier, and they yeah. didn't. There was a brief wobble, heart flapped at a corner, I think, in the 78th minute, and company cleared the ball off the line. But then they just went to cruise control and smothered the game. David Silva, he is a phenomenal footballer. He's he a really green is. seer. He's Jojo Reed in cleats. Yeah. I-, I love watching him play. We take it for granted. It's yeah. an, I think it's an incredible privilege yeah. watching David Silva play mm-hmm. football. And he also looks so much like our producer, JW. Which is remarkable. And JW looks more like him every day. Yep. The two of them. The only way I can tell them differently is yeah. that um, JW's legs are exactly... <laughs> he's got incredibly thick legs at he the does. top. And incredibly thick... He has got, no knees. He has no knees. He just has, just has a thighs massive go right quads. Into his shoes. He just has quads. And when I felt David Silva's legs, they yeah. kind of go... Yeah, he like, has knees. David shaped. Silva has knees. They're leg-shaped. Yeah. By the way, David Silva, uh-huh. keeping him healthy, David, mm-hmm. for the entire season, keeping yeah. him at the heart of all that they do is going to be absolutely key. First sad nap of the season for me. Yeah. The least refreshing sad nap of the season, perhaps because as I went to sleep, I heard the chant of the City fans, Raheem Sterling, he's top of the league, he's top of the league. Nine straight wins in the league for Manchester City. First time since 1912. Yeah, I think he looked good, Rog. But the two players we didn't really mention, Yaya, man, looking magnificent again, just dominating possession in the centre of the field and company coming back huge this year Mangala looking really good uh, Fernandinho like the look of him he's played fantastically this season so they have a spine as well as these skill players all around them they've got this spine that, they, they uh, also have a puppet master telling them what to do Joe Hart yeah exactly in the tunnel what would they do without him? If you haven't watched this, it's the only reason to watch our crap show mm-hmm. is to watch Joe Hart in the Everton Tunnel, which looks like a jetway at a particularly decrepit airline, getting on coach class, the last boarding, group five, and it's everyone's crushed together. And Joe yeah. Hart is so manic, he's just shouting. Mm-hmm. He's slapping Vincent Company on the back who, of who his head. Who could not look less amused by that. Yeah, I mean, I was like thinking, what was Taylor Twelman thinking about concussion protocols uh-huh. as, his, as one player's whacking the other on the back? Poor Tim Howard's face as he's watching it all oh. go down. And then Jack he Yelka shouts, can't even look. And then he shouts, yeah, yeah, get on the ball, get yeah. on the ball. As if, yeah, yeah, as yeah. if he won't be doing that anyway. Yeah, yeah, Torre, he's 32, isn't he? He's had an esteemed career, he played yeah. at Barcelona. Would never have thought the ball. If Oh, Joe, yeah, better get on get the ball. Get on the ball, well, Joe, yeah. Thank you for your mm-hmm. creative thinking. And then the classic. 
Yeah. Do some magic, David. Do David, yeah. Do some exactly. magic. David Silver, we assume, yeah. Rog, not Blaine. You thought it was David Blaine. Yeah. Oh, it's just fantastic. So I do believe, I've come to realize, I'm asking myself, why does he do it week in, week out, Joseph Hart in the mm-hmm. tunnel? And I realize he's the puppet master. Yeah. Without him telling them what to do, it's like Barcelona don't know how to play when Ray Hudson's not commentating. Yeah. He tells Messi exactly why he yeah. wants it and how he wants it. That's very, very true. Joe Hart. Yeah. Manchester City. The, look, the question about City will be what happens when they have to deal with some adversity at some point. Had the Chelsea goal stood uh, and they'd equalised 1-1 last week. Had uh, Lukaku's uh, free kick, which Joe Hart was nowhere near, by the way, had uh, gone below the bar rather than just over it. Um, you know, we'll have to see how they deal with it. It's a long season. We'll They'll see do how what they Joe deal with Hart that. tells them to do. Do yeah, some magic. Absolutely. Do some magic, Mangala. Uh, Talking of a distinct lack of magic, Rog, United nil, Newcastle nil. Another unconvincing display from United at Old Trafford. Leaves their fans debating beauty versus the bottom line. Wayne Rooney had an early effort disallowed for offside, and Chris Smalling saw his 90th minute header. Another good game for Chris Smalling, by the way. Saw his 90th minute header carom off the post. United have scored only twice, but have yet to concede and have seven points. Huge sense of expectation going into this game. Much of it surrounding Memphis, the new goal-scoring sensation. Versus Club Bruges, <sighs> who you called Genk. Yeah, <laughs> knee-jerk, press-cycle-driven narrative. Yeah. Memphis nets twice against Club Bruges. Yeah. It's like scoring a double-double against the disbanded Washington Generals if yeah. they reformed and began to speak only Flemish. Very true. And for all the hype, Davo, the United team, they are built on the back of defensive solidity. Yeah. For me, Schneiderlin has been the pick of the new arrivals, uh-huh. along with Darmian. Yeah, and I do think Smalling has played very, very well this season, Rod. Yeah, and they tried to strengthen even more that stranglehold by inserting Bastian Schweinsteiger yeah! into the starting lineup at the expense of Michael Carrick. Mm-hmm. They began sharp and hungry. Yeah, Rooney they wanted de- more speed in the middle of the field. Rooney determined to show he's not the striking equivalent of John Terry. Mm-hmm. Mata, Memphis and Yanishai buzzing around. Newcastle looked as if they devised a way for their defence to break but not bend. Mm-hmm. But time and time again, United's decision-making in that final third let them down. Yeah. At J. Ross 1989 was the first to tweet, Memphis looks like he just might be the new Javinia. Yeah, absolutely. And when Rooney did score, Dave, mm-hmm. a goal that would have been narrative and confidence changing, yeah. it was wrongly ruled offside. Uh-huh. What a different game it would have been if that had been uh, allowed. But league goals for Wayne have become as rare as a pair of Adidas Yeezy 350s. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, Newcastle hit the post. Mitrovic. Yeah. Sucker punch. I was so disappointed he didn't score because mm-hmm. he's got a patented goal celebration which demonstrates his true appreciation and or mastery of oral sex. Yeah. Um, one of my favourite... Is that tw- what it is? <laughs> what? Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I thought, well, we've not seen it <laughs> I've yet. I've misinterpreted it. We've not seen it yet in a yeah. Newcastle shirt. Um, one of my favourite tweets of the season, at Kev Hegarty, wants to know if Giorgino Wijnaldum um, is Eric Wijnaldum's name if he was in the Roman Legion. <laughs> very true. Very no, only if he was wearing a sweater. Oh, but Newcastle's other highlight yeah. was Steve McLaren's hair. They showed it in slow-mo at half yeah. time. I just thought it was fantastic. Yeah, he's a bit of a unicorn there, but I, look, it takes one to know. I'm a bit of a unicorn as well, 
Rod. You know, problems in sectors 3.1, 3.3, and 3.4. Some hair remaining in 3.2. If you've not seen Rog. it, you call it an island. Yeah, it's a, it. it's a hair island that hits as you recede on either side of your head and you lose it on the back. You end up with a hair island uh, right there in the front. I I've think, got a bit of a hair island. I think island the hair island's a dangerous game. Yeah. You can wear it well. But if you play, well, you, you don't want to wear it long. If you you want to you want to cut down the trees in the hair island. If Rod. you play your hairline too deeply, too yeah. much space between your last line of defence and yes. your midfield, so to speak, yes. you look like Steve Shave McLaren, an aging ginger rhinoceros. Yeah, McLaren wasn't the only gentleman on yeah. the Newcastle side that was uh-huh. a bit odd because after the Mitrovic near goal, yeah. United's confidence just bled. Yeah, and they suddenly had all the menace of Jack Colback's tattoo sleeve. Oh my word! The least threatening tattoo sleeve yeah. in all of football. Mm-hmm. At Zorak 303 said, I think that sleeve is comprised of a bunch of kittens and Adventure Time characters. <laughs> <laughs> Hello Kitty as well. Some Hello Kitty stuff on there as well. So that was it. 90th minute though. It all could have ended. Both teams could have won it and lost it. Uh, Chris Smalling from the corner right off the post, Rog. Then Newcastle United go right up the other end. Your boy Wijnaldum out to Cissé. Poor, his chasse, Rog, barely missed by the debutant Tovin, who had a very good game, Rog. Yeah, I mean, cleat inches are the gap between success and nothingness. And I'll mm-hmm. say about United, Newcastle were there for the taking. Yeah. I mean, this was not the most organised resistance. They pressed unevenly, they passed sloppily. There was so much space in front of the back four. Um, this is a United team that cries out for the subtle finishing nuance of Marouane Fellaini, mm-hmm. who will now return. And we joked last season that owners start to resemble their dogs. Teams take on the personality of their sponsors. Mm-hmm. I think Chevrolet have broken Manchester United. Mm-hmm. They are the Chevy spark of football teams. Yeah. Many Americans who are new to the game since the last World Cup have never known Manchester United mm-hmm. as an impressive footballing side, which I just find to be absolutely unbelievable. United are now rumoured to be springing forth for a massive bid for Neymar. Oh, yeah. Which surely is a sign Neymar is either going to get a huge new contract with Barcelona yeah. or is poised to sign for Chelsea. Yeah. Agents know that United are now so desperate that they just use them. Like Erin flirting with Dwight in the office mm-hmm. of the pool party episode to make Andy jealous. Yeah. How the mighty have They fallen. need to do something big, Rog, because this Pedro affair does not uh, reflect very well on Manchester United. And you can't cover it up by saying, oh, no, we... We didn't lose him. We rejected him. We moved on from him. That is not, I predict, going to look like a very, very smart Spain decision serious money. if he uh, continues Bring to play like that. Bring in a proven goal scorer like Kyle Walker. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say for United, the good news is mm-hmm. Sergio Romero has been a non-story in goal. That, yeah. to me, is a real story. Yeah, that's helped them. But watching United, all three games this season, it's felt like a chore, an mm-hmm. obligation, not a joy. Yeah. Afterward... LVG said his performance was fantastic, mm-hmm. which led to Paul Scholes raking him over the coals. How could he say it's fantastic? There was nothing fantastic. You're at home to Newcastle. You're expected to win the game. The visiting keeper had one save to make. Fantastic. Not for me. And I don't know how a global brand can maintain its place in the competitive marketplace with football like this mm-hmm. if it continues for a third season theatre of dreams mm-hmm. it's dreams that you wake up in the morning and you don't remember yeah it is only three games in but some worrying signs early for them uh, another nil-nil result Rog but a very very different kind of game Arsenal nil Liverpool nil a frenzied game that exposed 
exploded like one of the cans of Guinness Rog uh, tries to open at the start of every pod. The story of the game <laughs> was Petacek, who produced a pair of awe-inducing saves to deny Benteke and Coutinho. After three games, Liverpool have seven points and have yet to concede. Arsenal on four points. Oh, poor Arsene Wenger. Yeah. There's a shortage in the world, he said, of strikers. There's evidently now also a shortage of defenders. Sky pundit Gary Neville, they've lambasted Wenger about his choice of midfielders. Yeah, he's never replaced, never even attempted to replace Vieira. He said, I can't think of a word to describe that bunch. He said, describing the players Wenger has brought in since mm-hmm. the Invincibles team. He said, I could use it, but it's not usable on television. I think Kazola is fantastic to watch. But to me, Wenger has arrogance, arrogance to think you're not going to adapt your team to change, to adjust against other strengths. It's naive or arrogance, David. Mm. Um, and certainly a game of two halves, though, Roger, it's such a footballing cliche, but so uh, apt to describe this game. First half, Liverpool all over Arsenal, albeit for a disallowed goal um, that I mean, was somewhat confusing. I should say, for, for the first 10 minutes, Arsenal looked great. They yeah. started with intent. That offside goal by Ramsey, yeah. it, it is ridiculous that so many goals are given or ruled out incorrectly Yeah, in a sport that generates so much money and grips the world's attention. And we take mm-hmm. bad calls for granted. Liverpool got the offside goal last week against Bournemouth. Yeah. This time, they and had the an Bournemouth goal one was disallowed. Negated. Uh, after the game, Ramsey said to look at a video would yeah. maybe have changed the outcome of the game and the bloke to me is right. But then Arsenal's batteries run out and the whole yeah. first half became, you could cut a roll for our show, a 30-minute roll just of Arsenal's defensive mishaps. It was a, a very, very poor first half and they were saved just before halftime, Rog. Uh, two saves from Petr Cech. Oh, he has risen. Yeah, the first, uh, a, a ball in from the corner by the new boy Firmino, uh, Rog, and Benteke, didn't really hit it that firmly. Didn't hit it that well. But uh, a very, very good save from Petacek. And the second when Coutinho gave a soft shoe shuffle that God Shamagod would have loved. Yeah. Oh, he's like the Brazilian David Silva, yeah. Coutinho. That drag back, uh, what was that? was dirty. That was something John else. John Wall would have loved Filthy. it. Filthy. Roy Milner was fantastic. Yeah. Firmino looks like he's still playing himself into shape. Mm-hmm. But Brendan Rodgers had said and was mocked. He said, my team will dominate space. Yeah. As if he was inadvertently, he's become a NASA official. But they did. Arsenal were a complete shambles. At Jay Milson said, Arsenal, they're trying to park a Mini Cooper. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, the class of the Mini Cooper is at the back. Rodge Petacek save. That second save. You know, I often say that you look at a save in slow motion. And actually, even when people say extraordinary save, you often think, yeah, but if the keeper hadn't have saved that, it would have been a terrible howler. You very rarely see a save in slow motion that you just think, I couldn't actually imagine any or many other goalkeepers saving that. That save from Coutinho, I'm not sure there's a goalkeeper in the Premier League who could have saved that. That was an amazing, amazing save. <sighs> and then Wenger must have given them the hairdryer or the hairdryer at the halftime yeah. in his Harlequin coat. Mm-hmm. It looks like the product of a design contest to create a coat that could humiliate Arsene Wenger even more than last season's. But his team, they came out in the second half, they moved, they ran, they hovered, they did everything but score. Mm -hmm. It was like watching a Jonas brother, so good looking, definitely talented, but saving himself for marriage. Yeah, promise keeper. Yeah, I've never, by the way, turn about Jonas Brothers, Martin Skirtle was fantastic. Never said that before. Yeah, he was loud. Yeah, it was, but it was like as if both teams had worked out that they were crap at defending mm-hmm. and the best way to counter that was for neither to defend. Neither to ever defend. Yeah, all, they were just going to attack. It was just panic on the streets of London. Yeah. 
when we used to play in the streets when we were kids, mm-hmm. it was epic in Liverpool. We'd play in the street in front of my house, mm-hmm. 40 players on each side. Yeah. No one played defence. Yeah. There'd be one goalkeeper and we'd have goal hangers, which meant you just hung right in front of the yeah, opposition. No offside rule. Yeah, no offside. No replay. No, we didn't even, it was just like watching Liverpool. No mm-hmm. one knew everyone on the team. We were all strangers in a giant urban pickup game. That's what Liverpool looked like. Um, never more than when they subbed on Jordan Rossiter in the second half. Mm-hmm. He looked just like the players I played, the kids I played with on the streets of Liverpool. As much as a footballer ever will, like a tiny startled little chicky. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Calm, no calm heads. 22 yeah. frenetic bedwetters trying to play football. Yeah. So speaketh the man who knows about bedwetting. Yeah. And they attacked <laughs> each other with the ebullience of labradoodles let off the leash in a local park. I thought yeah. Mignolet and Czech were the only cool heads on the field. Yeah, Liverpool certainly second half sort of folded. Arsenal, it was a reverse, Rog. It was yin and yang. It was a reflection, the second half of the first half. And Brendan Rodgers did not really know how to adapt and what to do with his team oh, at so that well point. Said. By the way, if he heard this podcast, and I know he listened, yeah. he'd try and sign yin and yang. Yeah. But... It's fascinating. I mean, you could look at Liverpool, another mm. clean sheet, their third of the season, a great result at Emirates. But it's hard to get a read on the team. There have been moments in every game, the Bournemouth offsides, Stoke battered them for huge chunks of that first game. And there's great raw ingredients in this Liverpool squad, there's no doubt. Yeah. Joe Gomez, by the way. Looks fantastic. What, he looks so good. Klein. He made one run up the left wing that I just thought was sensational yesterday. Coutinho is one of my favourite players to watch. Milner yeah. looks fantastic. Yeah. There are great raw ingredients, and it's going to be fascinating to see if Brendan is the man who can work out how to fit them all together. Yeah. Well, he got rid of Balotelli, Rog. Uh, looks like Balotelli uh, is off to AC Milan. Liverpool are going to be subsidising that loan. Off Rog. with a whimper. Yeah. And another loan move, Gedeon Zalalim. Yeah. Off to Rangers. Huh. Great move for the US Lasky. future. I think he's going to learn a huge amount up yeah. there and play regularly. Um, Leicester won. Spurs won. The That So Spursy writers deliver another predictable plot line that sees Tottenham capitulate a mere 90 seconds after taking the lead. Deli Ali, uh, the young England uh, forward, headed home a NASA Chadley cross to give Tottenham the lead in the 81st minute. But mere seconds after the restart, Riyad Mahrez, Rog, fantastic goal. Picked the ball on the right and lashed it past Hugo Lloris to keep the Faxes unbeaten. Huge point on the road for tiny Spurs against top four Leicester. <laughs> Trying to be positive, Spurs fans. Yeah. I'll say little, the, the minuscule Christian Eriksen-sized hole in the lineup was very hard for Spurs to overcome. Yeah. Leicester reinvigorated by Claudio Ranieri. How quickly fortune wow. and narrative flips in football. An inspired choice no more. At work in Formica tweeted us to say, when did Creed from the office put glasses on and start coaching Leicester City? <laughs> oh, God, it was fun. Leicester, the Manaus of England, 86 yeah. degrees. They had to take a break in the 25th minute to knock down the Guinness. Product placement for Danny Drinkwater memes um, and the chance in the sun for Pochettino to pop his collars like James Spader's Steph in Pretty in Pink. Uh-huh. Spurs score. Uh-huh. And then Mares. What a player. Yeah, it's fantastic. Fourth goal player. in three games. He had an amaze, he's had an amazing start to the season. Rogers come back hungry for it, ready for it. He's thirsty for goals, triggering a glut of transfer rumours. We don't sell him, so there is no price. We don't sell him, so it's much better if they, the other clubs, don't ask, said Ranieri 
which I think is code for 25 million. Come and get him. We'll deliver him in a U-Haul, Manchester United. Yeah. At Jake Liker tweeted us to say my most painful experiences this week ranked number one, Spurs Stoke. Yeah. Number two, Spurs Leicester. <laughs> number three, getting my wisdom teeth taken out. Uh-huh. Hashtag that's so Spursy. Yeah, it's very, oh, very true. So many sad drugs. At least you get drugs when you have your, uh, when you have your wisdom teeth out. Uh, West Ham three, Bournemouth four, Rod. The Cherries win Up their the cherries. first ever Premier League Up game, pouring four goals past the Irons. Three of those came from 23-year-old Callum Wilson, Rog. Oh, West Ham. Second week on the run, I've said this. You can't play Arsenal every week. Yeah. Tiny Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. Up the Cherries. Scored their first goal in the Premier League mm-hmm. in the team's history. Three more would follow, all caused by West Ham defensive errors. Yeah. Callum Wilson's hat-trick. 15 away goals he's grabbed since the start of last season. More than any other player in England. The pick of the strikes, though, was for Mark Pugh, who has now scored. And I love this. This is the Bournemouth story. Mm-hmm. He has scored in every division. That's amazing. Eddie Howe loves the players who get him there. Yeah. He's changed incredibly little. Fantastic performance. Yeah. Superb. Rog, great to see them win. And West Ham after that first win, Rog, suddenly Panic. Uh, sliding back, Rog. Pity the West Ham reserve goalkeeper, Darren Randolph. Yeah. He's played Bournemouth four times. He's Ugh. lost 4-2, 8 <laughs> 4-2 when he played for Birmingham. And then he let in four at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Real panic at West Ham. I mean, they're moving to the massive Olympic Stadium next season. It's yeah. unthinkable mm-hmm. that they have a relegation fight before moving there. Yeah. But their fullbacks have been eviscerated two weeks on the run. Their mm-hmm. striking options need retrofitting. And Slavin Bilic, he apologised after the game for the errors made by his side. He's used 35 players in the nine games he's had in charge, which is six more than Sam Allardyce used the entire last season. Hmm. Um, interestingly he said our win against Arsenal was actually counterproductive on the first day of the season it's made our players complacent and Jacob Steinberg the Guardian journalist lifelong West Ham fan tweeted yes it's early but they look like relegation material right now losing to Leicester and Bournemouth at home is what teams who go down do wow Watford nil Southampton nil New boys Watford get their third straight draw of the season at Vicarage Road. Southampton's struggles continue. They're on just two points and have won just one of their last nine league games, Rog. Yeah, I mean, Ronald Koeman, he didn't rotate his squad last season in in, uh, League Cup games. Yeah. And he's hardly done it at all for the Europa League. I think he made two changes. And the two changes he made, Prowse and Jay Rodriguez, they both came on as subs. Mm -hmm. Ralph Kruger, the chairman, when he came on Men in Blazers, at the end of last season, said that they would rest players during the Europa League. Mm -hmm. They haven't, and it seems to be really weighing the team down. The Europa League curse continues. Having said that, not a bad result away at Watford. I think Watford are playing some quite good football early this season. And with no shots on goal. Yeah, Norwich won, Stoke won. First half goals from the Canaries, Russell Martin. Goal scorer extraordinaire, Rog. And Stoke's Mama Diouf cancel each other out at Carrow Road and assist for Stoke's record $19 million signing, uh, Shakiri Rog, who came to the Potters from Inter Milan. Sexy, sexy Stoke. Seeing him in a Stoke jersey, Shakiri, it's like seeing arts and craftsy Tony Romo. Just (laughs) absolutely shocking. Yeah. Who are they going to sign next, Mm David? Flow from the progressive. Yeah. 
Um, it was his free kick that set up the opener. Neymar, maybe. <laughs> for Mamed Piram Diouf, who yeah. was lethal in the air. The fans chant, Diouf, there it is. Um, but credit Norwich, who fought their way back into it. And only a string of saves by my favourite imaginary theme park surname goalkeeper, Jack Butland, <laughs> kept Stoke in the game. Yeah. Sunderland won. Swansea won after looking lifeless in their first two outings. Sunderland <laughs> Shows signs of a pulse, Rog. Baffertimby Gomis put the Swans ahead with his third goal of the season on the stroke of halftime. But in the 62nd minute, Jermaine Defoe, remember him, slid home an equaliser from just inside the box to give the Black Cats their first point of the season. Sunderland have been made odds-on favourite to be relegated from the Premier League by their own shirt sponsor. Oh, Daffabet. That's awful. It's like Everton's beer-making sponsor Chang announcing that the Blues are the most likely to die of thirst. Yeah. Jermaine Defoe later became the object of great mirth when he uh, published a job. Oh, he's looking for an assistant, right? A, he, a job listing. Executive, a 24-7 executive personal assistant. Yeah. The, the job listing, it's fantastic to read 24-7? 24-7. That's amazing. The person has to be able to, quote, create a global brand for the Jermaine Defoe name, yeah. grow his online database on his website, yeah. Twitter, Facebook, other social networking platforms, uh-huh. gain further recognition within the media, yeah. and produce his iPhone apps. Uh-huh. They he's must look, he's all, looking for that in Sunderland. <laughs> they must all... <laughs> this person must be able to do all of that and... Yeah. Organise Jermaine's personal needs, dry cleaning, uh-huh. gardening, house refurbishments, uh-huh. and check the home when Jermaine is away, uh-huh. making sure all is in place for his return. The fridge is stocked, the plants are watered, and the house is clean. Wow. Looking, but, looking for a bit of upstairs and a bit of downstairs. It's going to be it. tough to do all that in one drop. Well, I suppose 24-7. If you're not sleeping at any point, you might be able to get it. How much are you paying for that position? I think 60,000 British pounds. Oh, so quite a lot. I've it's got to tell you, salary. I do think it's possible to uh, water Jermaine Defoe's plants while you're yeah. producing Jermaine Defoe's iPhone apps. Two hands. Yeah. <laughs> Crystal Palace 2. Villa 1. Alan Pardew's men get their second win of the season thanks to Marlian International and former Wolves man Bakary Sacco's 87th minute winner. Villa, meanwhile, haven't earned a point since opening day at Bournemouth. Uh, in an MLS, the Los Angeles Galaxy 5, NYCFC 1. It was a Rog. great goal, though, David. Yeah, MLS's most exclusive A-list party ends with Bruce Arena's side sending NYCFC back east with a bare-bottom spanking. A dominant Galaxy performance included two goals from Robbie Keane and one apiece from Giovanni Dos Santos, Izades and Sebastian Lajet. Oh, I felt for MLS, David. Mm-hmm. Their marquee regular season game of the year. Yeah. No offence to Timber Sounders, but this was the one that the world was watching. Yeah. First, no lamps. Yeah. Out injured. Mm-hmm. A wretched start to his MLS career. I think he's played in two of the eight games he could have done. Yeah, the irony, a player who was almost never injured in his Premier League <sighs> career. This is worse than David Beckham's debut season. Mm-hmm. And then kickoff was suspended so that ESPN could carry on their policy of not leaving a game in process. We had, we had to watch Chinese Taipei. Yeah. Taiwan, I like to call them. They were 10-0 up over Virginia yeah. in the kiddie softball. Yeah. The little league world series. And it went on. Kiddie softball sounds awful. I get the feeling someone at Sky yeah. was not pleased with their primetime broadcast. It was like primetime on Sky yeah. being held up for kiddie softball. Yeah. And they just, on ESPN, they never do this. They just suddenly cut away in the middle of the action. Yeah. Chris Sop, the epic ESPN footballer producer, said they've never done that. Huh. And then we're in it. Yeah. We're in the game. 
I'd, I'd say I did enjoy Stevie G's comments before the game to Henry Winter. Mm-hmm. He said that the Galaxy have a lot of young players who listen, want to learn. The attitudes blow me away compared to some attitudes mm-hmm. back home. Some kids get too much too soon back in the UK. It's different mm-hmm. here. They have to earn it before they get rewarded with contracts. I wonder if he's talking about Raheem Sterling. And then he said, given time, maybe 10 years, MLS will be one of the strongest leagues in the world. Slowly, it will grow closer to the Premier League. Amazing. Yeah, Robbie Keane, meanwhile, saying that everyone wants to be in an MLS and his phone gets hit up on a daily basis by people wanting to figure out how to get over here. For, for all the DPs, it was LA's young Sebastian Leggett yeah. who bossed for the game. Jurgen Klinsmann mm-hmm. will have salivated over the maturity of the former West Ham United player. Mm-hmm. And another DP, David Veer, told the other side of the story, couldn't have sounded more frustrated post-game. He said, I need companions at my side to help me. I cannot do it alone. After LA Galaxy went all Chinese Taipei over NYCFC's Virginia. (laughs) And someone tweeted us, I can't remember who, and I apologise. At least ESPN spared Virginia embarrassment by turning them off. (laughs) And then later, Didier Drogba made his debut for my favourite team in the world named after a font. Oh, yes. The Montreal Impact. Mm-hmm. At Mendelssohn, the mm-hmm. great book designer, tweeted us to mm-hmm. say Monaco beats Impact, both yeah. as a team yeah. and as a font. Did you watch Drogba? I also like the Cincinnati Century Gothic as well, <sighs> Roger. I think they're wonderful. They're, are they in the NASL? Yeah, pretty much. 58 minute he came on. They were losing. Philly, 1-0. Mm-hmm. It's two Drogbas. There's the master goal scorer. Yeah. Imperious. Yeah. And there's the... Uh, Dog chasing a balloon. There's the, there's the whining flopper. Yeah. He came on and treated his new fans to his full repertoire uh, of the latter skill set. Wow. It, it was a masterclass of wallowing. Whoa. He's the Kristen Stewart of MLS. <laughs> Can we say Mazeltoff to Carly Lloyd? Yes, absolutely. S- sold a book, massive yeah. memoir for Horton Mifflin Harcourt. Yeah. Um, it's going to tell her story from young soccer star to almost quitting the game to becoming mm-hmm. what she is today. I can't wait to read it. Yeah. I hope everyone... Young American aspirational athlete, boy or girl, reads yeah. it. You won't believe the ending, Rod. She scores a hat-trick in the World Cup final. Oh, she's... You're mixing her up with Carl Beckham. <laughs> News from FIFA land, oh, Rod. Let's embezzle the money, get apartments for all of our cats. The man named to lead FIFA's reform committee, Rod, questioned why the US is even involved in FIFA. Let me just repeat that, Rod. The man named to lead FIFA's reform committee... Question. Is it, is it reforming? In, in, in yeah, to reform it, rebuild it. No, it's a reform committee. It, yeah. It's a committee to change FIFA. I, I imagine in FIFA when they say reform, they do it with those finger yeah, movements. Yeah, fake things. The, what, but, what are they called? The man, fingers. Yeah, the air, air quotes. The man named to lead FIFA's <laughs> reform committee, air quotes, questioned what the man, air quotes, named to lead FIFA's reform committee, both in air quotes, question why the US is even involved in FIFA. François Carrard. A 77-year-old Swiss lawyer, oh my God, he knows where the dead bodies are buried, said (laughs) that soccer is not a true American sport. He referred to it as, quote, an ethnic sport for girls in schools. Almost implying that girls should not be in schools. And that the only girls in schools would be ethnic girls and they would be the only ones who would like soccer. I think he's mixing it up with Kabaddi, David. Yeah. What is an ethnic sport I for no girls idea. in school? I know what ethnic nosh is. And isn't that a good thing? Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I, I don't understand it, David. Do FIFA bureaucrats get a bonus for being reptilian? He went on to defend Latter. Yeah. He said, the man is tr- this man is being treated unfairly. Oh! 
It's, all, it's always like that when somebody stays too long, the negative takes over. Yeah. The negative being decades of cronyism and corruption. Mm-hmm. I think we should dispatch Abby Wombach over to Switzerland yeah. to hunt him down, Donny the Bear Jew, Donowitz, Inglorious Bastard style. Yeah, Abby Wombach, FIFA Nazi <laughs> hunter. That's a genius, <laughs> genius idea. Brilliant. Uh, our Ravens, Rog. Our first Raven from Bruce Cook. As a 250-pound, 60-year-old man, well done, mate. Welcome, Bruce. Where does one shop online for a proper, fat, American-sized jersey? Please respond through email and TV program as you wish. How much is 250 in stones? Oh, I'm doing the math quickly. Okay. While, you, while, while you start answering, I'll do the math. Bruce, yeah. I've said this before. Mm-hmm. I used to buy an Everton jersey every year. Yeah. It's one of the highlights of an otherwise pretty miserable barren life. Yeah. Until my wife, five years ago, banned me. Yeah. She told me, and I think this might be good advice for you too. She told me that when I wear an Everton jersey, when I wear a football jersey, she told me they had 20 years and 40 pounds. Uh-huh. So here's some advice. Tracksuit tops are your friend, Bruce. God designed them for you and me. The zip is as good as a corset. <laughs> I love a good tracksuit top. It's around 18 stone, by the way, Rog. Do you love a good tracksuit top? Um, oh, I love tracksuit tops. I used to have, when I was a uh, kid, I had a white Addy tracksuit <sighs> with three sky blue stripes down the outside and a golden Addy logo on the front. Honestly, I've searched the rest of my life for exactly the same tracksuit top. Best tracksuit I've ever had. Top three. Yeah. The top one for me, Liverpool College breaking crew. Yeah. We only wore all black Addy. Yeah. White. Stripes. Cool. With the matching pants. Uh-huh. Fantastic. So I needed whites for the tennis club. Fantastic. non addy Yeah. Fila. Pure, pure and poor. Yeah, the Fila. The classic 1970s Fila. I knew you were going there. The classic 70s Fila. In velvet, all that velour sort of thing they used to do. And Sergio Toshini is number yeah. three. My wife will kill me. It's got a very different brand presence, I think, in, in America yeah. than it does in England. McEnroe wore it's it for a long time. incredible luxury good in England. Yeah, McEnroe wore it. Yeah, no, they make nice clothes. Um, okay, Rog, our next Raven, the winner of the coveted Guinness Men in Blazers Poet, Philosopher, Sucker, Scribe, and Raven of the Week is John Trainor of Las Vegas. To whom it may concern, if you're reading this, GT. it's too late. I'm already setting my alarm clock for 6 a.m. on a Saturday, doomed for another morning of kissing my sleeping fiancé on the cheek and heading downstairs to watch a team representing a city I've never been in Play a sport I'm just beginning to fully understand. The Premier League has taught me to love with passion and hate without reason. My question is twofold. Good lad. That's not good. That's terrible. My question is twofold. Why is this happening to me? And as an American, where do I fit in this new and confusing world? I have a team. I'm a blue. I can see this coming. I've adopted Everton. Good lad. I knew I loved you, JT. Uh, Hence all the hate. Firstly, because of 2020's Democratic presidential nominee Tim Howard's role on the team. It's a good (laughs) idea, actually. And secondly, because I was born and raised a Buffalo Bills fan. Oh, good for you. This means I have become accustomed to celebrating middling seasons and treating upset wins like championships. But will Everton adopt me? I feel a bit like Che Guevara when he said, how is it possible to feel nostalgia for a world I never knew? I've never been to England, (laughs) let alone stepped foot in Goodison Park. Does this make my fandom, my belief in Ross Barkley's future, the childish shrieks I let out when Lukaku headed that beautiful goal against Southampton, somehow less valuable? Rog, do people in Liverpool look at us American Everton fans as some sort of, dare I say it, gingy stepbrother? 
The feeling of disassociation keeps me up at night, which is not good because I have to be up at six <laughs> to catch the game or match, whatever I'm supposed to call it. Thanks for reading. Dream as if you're facing relegation. Live like a Champions League side. Sincerely, John from Las Vegas. You accept him as an Everton fan, Rog. You believe that all Evertonians, all, 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 all Liverpudlians, Rog, uh, just desperately want Americans to fall in love with America's team, Everton. This isn't just about America, then. Yeah. He's really asking, is his fandom, yeah. born as it is of a recent passion yeah. and an incredible distance? And I love what he said about being far away from, never having visited, yeah. you know, a history he's choosing to connect to rather than it flowing in his... Is it lesser? Mm-hmm. I don't think it is. I'd say it's more, John. Yeah, yeah. It's, you had a choice. I'd say it's more. Yeah. It, in this way. I mean, mm-hmm. football has changed from when we came of age. Mm-hmm. And the business model was all about bums on seats, filling yeah. stadia with locals. And if you didn't have a season ticket and go every week, your opinion didn't count. You were a plastic fan. Plastic fan. Yeah. They call you in Liverpool. You weren't allowed to have an opinion. But the global rights deal, Davey, has mm-hmm. changed all that. The big clubs, they're engaged in an arms race to become the biggest global brand. Mm-hmm. They care about you, John, yeah. in Las Vegas, kissing your slumbering fiancé yeah. as you kind of soft foot it in your slippers to the Guinness and then uh-huh. to the football. They care about you more than they care about the fans in their own zip code. Yeah. I mean, they move games around to fit global prime times so that the fans who travel to the games have to get up at the crack. They don't care about them. Mm-hmm. Since World Cup 2010, definitely after 14 and Women's World Cup 15, America's fallen truly in love with football. And what's changed is global football's fallen in love with America. Mm-hmm. And there's few football fans blessed right now more than American football fans. It's a great day to be alive, John. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree, Rog. Okay, your weekend looks like this, courtesy of Mini USA. Wow. Everton have only lost once yeah. since I've had my Mini. I was reunited with my Mini JCW uh, this past weekend. Went to Los Angeles, gave it a big hug when I saw it in the uh, garage below my building. Drove it all around. Oh, what a fantastic vehicle. Newcastle versus Arsenal, Saturday, 7.45 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN. Spurs versus Everton, Saturday at 12.30 p.m. on the network, NBC. Oh, Everton have gone network, Rog. Swansea City versus Manchester United, that's Sunday at 11 a.m. on NBCSN. And in an MLS, Seattle uh, versus Portland. Oh, big game, Rog, at 5 p.m. Eastern time. On ESPN, there are many ways to connect to us. One is through our Amazon Emporium, Rog, which helps keep the show going. Anytime you, and it's also helping to subsidize BlazerCon. Anytime you go on Amazon for items, oh, big or small. Losses. Yeah, minimize our massive losses we're about to take on BlazerCon. Just click off the Emporium page and MIB gets a tiny percentage that allows us to cover the cost of creating the show. What are you putting into the Emporium this week, Roger? A book. Oh. John Hughes, Shock. A Life in Film. Ooh. The genius behind Ferris Bueller, The Breakfast Club, Home Alone and more by Kirk Honeycut. I'm actually going to buy this one and read it, Rog. The variety reporter engages in a story in which I love to wallow. Yeah. Takes you on a bit of a nostalgia trip. If yeah. Pretty in Pink or Breakfast Club shape your worldview, mm-hmm. you will cry. But better than that, he interviews the actors, producers, writers who work with the enigmatic John Hughes and really explores his mind and his creative process, which makes it so much more than a trip down memory lane. Once the duck man, always a duck man. What are you putting in? Oh, you never ask me that, Rod. You never get excited about my Amazon choices. Excited. You know what? This week, I decided I needed a gavel. <laughs> I know many people. I know you can relate to that. Uh, but I just needed a gavel. I also needed a bell. 
but I got a gavel and then I just got a belt out of the office supplies part of the uh, of the studio. Uh, I, I opted for what, the VK what, Tech what, 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 wooden what? handcrafted wood gavel sound block for lawyer judge auction sale. What itch did the gavel acquisition scratch for you? I often feel I need to hit something and call for people and call to, call meetings to order. And I just think a gavel is pretty much uh, perfect for that. Great. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's made of wood. It's got a bit of gold on it. Well, it's probably not real gold because it only costs eighteen dollars and ninety nine, and it has free shipping. Rog, can we hear it? Oh, yeah, with pleasure. Oh, Doesn't that sound good? Well, I sometimes pick it up, oh, and it's good. Oh, that hurt. Yeah. That was good. Wow, uh, that was awesome. I'm going to be using it on the pod quite a lot from now on. I'll tap a little lighter though, or down on the floor. <laughs> very, very. Actually, I think it sounds. Much better up there, Rog. Okay, other a, ways a life to of, a life connect. Of that gavel seems so foreign to me now. A gavelless life. I know. I don't know how I how I lasted so long a life without a gavel. Without a gavel has so, so little meaning. You are so right, Rog. Uh, other ways to connect to us. You can now watch entire episodes of our crap TV show if you are so moved on NBC Sports Live Extra, Apple TV, and Roku. Oh, we're going to destroy Apple TV and Roku. And it's also up on our website, meninblazers.com. A reminder about our GFOP survey. Oh, Miss Andrew Grotter, the uh, author of our GFOP survey. He's slumming it, gone up to Harvard Business School. We're looking for feedback on ways to make the show less suboptimal, maybe even listenable. A link to the survey is on meninblazers.com. Also on meninblazers.com, a place to sign up for our newsletter, The Raven, which we produce with our partner, Guinness, check out our Spotify account, men underscore in underscore blazers, meninblazers.wikispaces.com forward slash. That's a wonder of the modern world, Rog. Uh, we got a subreddit, meninblazers.reddit.com, maintained by GFOPs Akshay, Calvin, and Alex. We're on Twitter, at meninblazers, at Rog Bennett, at MC Davies, on Instagram, at meninblazers. At Embassy underscore Davies. We've got a Facebook too, or did I already mention that? And you want to find out about BlazerCon, November 13th, November 14th. Go to the website, meninblazers.com. Come sign up for BlazerCon. Come be with us. Come Come and and give us a cuddle. We look forward to seeing all of you. Uh, Ravens to the crap part of Soho. You can always email us at meninblazers at gmail.com. Vendapunk Rog. War pig. Who wants to sex Matumbo? Explosion. Courage. Take that, Gloria. Is that your analysis? Sear sucker it up. Abrogado. Rock on, mate. Kung Fu fight in America. Love you, Rog. Love you, David. Oh!